Helping people is a kind thing to do. Thanks, Luna. Helping people really is the kind thing to do, especially when you have a young family or a brand new baby in the house. When Ali spoke to our training advisor, Sue Hampson, for this episode of The Calm Club, she was in New Zealand. But this isn't a regular holiday for Sue. It was the first time she's ever been able to hold her eight-month-old granddaughter. Now COVID restrictions have finally lifted. Ali chats to her about finding a community when family is far flung and how volunteers in New Zealand gave her daughter, Kellyanne, a supportive community for a new mum in a new land. You finally made it to New Zealand after so long without seeing your family. How did that first hug feel? Oh, unbelievable. Yes, she... The house where she lives is elevated and I think she'd been standing in the window for about an hour waiting for us. So by the time the car pulled into the drive, we had a little tigger burst through the door, bouncing across the driveway to us and basically wrapping herself around our neck. So the best hug you can ever imagine. It was a cutch, not a hug. Yeah, there you go. That It was a cutch, not a hug. Do you know what? I was thinking of writing Kutch in there and then I wasn't sure if everyone would understand what that is. But if everyone, if anyone's listening who isn't from Wales, a Kutch is is a hug, but it's almost like something you can't describe, isn't it? It's more than a hug. It's something something special. More lovable. Yes. And my granddaughter's got T-shirts and baby grows that is all about anybody can give a hug, but only the Welsh can Kutch. <laughs> and it's so true. What have you been getting up to since you landed? We haven't done too much. We've Well, I say we haven't done too much. We've had what we wanted, which is loads of time with our baby granddaughter, who is the happiest little baby you can imagine and who gives the most gorgeous little smiles when she sees people, but has got a real fear of missing out. <laughs> she has to be involved in everything. So we're going today to the Waitangi Treaty Grounds because the weather's better um, and we're going to take the baby with us as well. And it's where my daughter was working before she went on to maternity leave. So she's going back later on this year and not looking forward to leaving the baby. Oh, that Yes, I'll be a wrench. Yeah. <laughs> She's now playing peekaboo around my daughter's knees. <laughs> um, and Sue, you showed myself and Amanda your Ohana tattoo before. Could you just tell our listeners what that means and the significance of it for you? So my daughter growing up used to love Stitch. Ohana means family. I know, I haven't, got to, I haven't got to that bit yet. So my daughter loves Stitch and the um, loop underneath that says Ohana is family. And I'll let her finish what she was just saying. Ohana means family and family means no one gets left behind or forgotten. And family is, is extremely important. One of my highest values is my family. And you've been apart for a few years now, haven't you, throughout the lockdowns and stuff. So did you keep in touch via Zoom or FaceTime? How was it to be kind of kept apart for so long from each other? Um, you answer. Well, we've FaceTime practically every single day. So it's almost like we haven't been apart for the three years mm -hmm. we have. It was very, very difficult when the baby was born because obviously I wanted to be here and to help my daughter. Yeah. 
enter into new motherhood. But um, yeah, the, the world has got a lot smaller because of technology. And we did. We used to probably call each other on uh, Messenger once a week before COVID hit. But when COVID hit, we started calling once a day. Sometimes we even call twice a day if something happens that we want to talk about. And I'm very needy, so sometimes I really <laughs> Yes, yeah. You, if you don't answer the phone straight away, be prepared for at least, oh, a page full of missed calls from daughter. And then I just start sending the middle finger emoji. <laughs> I think I'd be exactly the same if I was, uh, if I was that far away from my mum. <laughs> Yeah, I talk more now than we ever did when I yeah, back home. Definitely. Isn't it strange though how um the the lockdowns, I suppose, have, have brought everyone closer in a way, even though we've been apart from each other digitally. I mean, it's been it's been quite life changing for a lot of people, I think. Oh, hugely. Yeah. And I think Kellyanne initially was very, very worried because obviously New Zealand went into total lockdown. Uh, nobody in, nobody out, whereas Britain was still letting people come in and out. And I think initially the calls started to become a daily call because you were worried if anything happened to us, you couldn't come home. Yeah, well, I mean, at the start of the pandemic, it was no one really knew how serious this was. I mean, look at the millions of people that have died. And for me, it was like if something happens to my family, like, you know, I, I would obviously go home, but then I'd be stuck in the UK away from my family over here that's a tricky situation to navigate isn't it because you, you're just yeah. stuck between a rock and a place either way well and also my daughter knows that I, I will not admit when something's wrong so she I think in the early days you were ringing because she would be able to visually see if me or her dad had picked up Covid because she knew I wouldn't tell her yeah absolutely yeah, my husband just said in the background, he just does as he's told. <laughs> Thanks, Kevin. Um, while we've been putting together this edition of the Happy Manual, Sue, we've been talking a lot about loneliness and how volunteering can kind of ease loneliness. Um, and as some of the most important people in your life were so far away for such a long time, I know you started taking the dog out more and kind of interacting with your neighbours a little bit more, but did you take part in anything sort of from a volunteering perspective within your community where you found a way to connect with people? I wouldn't, oh no, Abby, I, I don't think I really did do any volunteering. Um, what I can talk about though is the importance of the volunteers when my mum had the stroke and they had people who, um, who volunteered to just come out and chat. And although she didn't do it because the stroke left her with huge anxiety issues, uh, there was a group that we were put in touch with that if somebody was, was struggling with loneliness, there is a group of people who will just come out for a cup of tea and a chat. And I think it's so important. It's something I'd love to do, but as you know, with TSW, <laughs> with the workload, we kind of struggle a bit for time, but it, it is, it's something that I think is is vital is that you do make time to talk to people. And my daughter always used to te tease my mum because my mum would talk to anybody. But you could see the difference it made on people when she did. That's amazing to have that support, isn't it? Just people who are just 
come and chat to you? It must make such a difference to people who are living on their own or have gone through something like your mum did. Yeah, definitely. Well, I know when we kids, um, we used to walk home from junior school past um, what you probably call an old people's residence area. And they used to be sat outside in the garden. And as little children, we used to spend the time talking to them. And it, it got to the stage that as we walked past, they'd have biscuits and juice out ready for us. But that paid back years later when it, we used to have some bad snow that the kids that they used to stop and talk to, we used to go off and do the shopping for them. So being part of a community is vital. Absolutely. And you're a wellbeing champion at TSW, aren't you? So you've been through yeah. um, mental health training as well. Is volunteering yeah. something you recommend to people who are struggling with their mental health? A hundred percent. If you're, nothing feels better than being able to give to somebody else. And if you're struggling with your mental health, if you can just spend that five minutes helping somebody else with their issues and their struggles and just talk to them it's so rewarding to yourself it's something that I know having gone through mental health issues myself when my mother was ill I'm always sort of the first one to start talking to people when I can see signs of stress in them and just talk to them about some of the ways that I coped and some of the things that I did and if I've only helped one person that that's all I need that's the reward Definitely. I went to a, um, well, I think, you know, I had bone cancer when I was a teenager and I went to a meetup on the weekend um, in Swansea and there was um, people there who passed away, but they set up tribute funds and the lady said, if I can help one person, then I've done my job. And there happened to be another yeah. lady there whose son had got through treatment, but she was kind of struggling with and processing what what the whole family had been through um and she said there's my one person and it was such a it's such an amazing thing that just just being in that room at that time and those two people connected was such a a wonderful thing to witness because passing your experience on does have huge benefit for people who are going through it and don't know what to expect yeah yeah I think I get referred to in the team as the mother of the team yeah you do <laughs> Right, just because you're old. Um, my daughter just said, is that because I'm old? No, it's because I listen and I put up with youngsters like you. And as a wellbeing champion, Sue, have you found that volunteering your own time to support others has benefited you as well? Yeah, I think like we said, you do get that, that sense of just being able to help others it, it does have a positive impact on your own mental well-being because you know that you are helping other people yeah I love being part of the well-being group I love trying to think of things that we can do collectively or that TSW can do to help the well-being of others we are in a stressful job we do have quite strict KPIs to get through and even if I talk to people about how I use aromatherapy or how I use the sleep app with the rain noise to calm me and help me get to sleep at night. And funnily enough, I was talking to my husband about it this morning and he said he maybe could do with something like that just to, to switch him off at night and focus just on the music. 
And it's just that ability to help others that I find is valuable. And one of the reasons why I wanted to become a wellbeing champion is, is to help people through what I went through. Because if it hadn't been for my best friend, I wouldn't be who I am today. Definitely. It's having that support network around you, isn't it? And that sense of community when something like that happens, you know that you've got people that you can chat to and lean on a little bit. Yeah, definitely. There's a little granddaughter singing in the background. <laughs> it's beautiful singing. <laughs> <laughs> For those who perhaps don't have close friends or family, living close by do you think volunteering could be a good route to go down to kind of build a support network for times when times do get tough yeah definitely i mean there's there's organizations hang on a minute i think i can talk about that i'm going to pass you to my daughter she says she can talk about it yeah well just because obviously being over here i don't have any family um i do have friends but not many friends that have got children so in the first few months of lily's life i was very lonely when my partner went back to work because i didn't have that support network to fall back on and it was only through going out and finding mums clubs that were put on by volunteers from a plunket group um and finding that like my community there that i really started to sort of settle into everything but I definitely felt very lonely and even like quite anxious because I didn't have that support network and you really you do need it so I think volunteering and helping the people that haven't got it is one of the best things that you can do because we all need it. To the extent now that she's not only going to the uh, mums group that's run by these volunteers but there's a group of them within the group that have now set up their own mums club and is it every Friday you yeah. all go to each other's houses? And, TGIF. Yeah they call it TGIF so it, it's given her that sense of community over here. And it's just about finding those people who understand as a volunteer you can provide that to someone and I think what was nice was I was talking to Kelly about it the other day and she said that where she'd been because Lily doesn't yet crawl she rolls everywhere to get to where <laughs> she wants and of course you, you sort of look at other um, babies and think well shouldn't my baby be doing that but having been part of this group that's run by the volunteers they talked about their experiences and realised that every experience, every birth, every child, every stage of growth is different and it's been reassuring for Kellyanne. Yeah, but not only that, you know, we've all had completely different experiences, we're all going through the same stuff no matter how different that all was. <laughs> and now she's left with this extremely happy baby that's grinning all over her face. <laughs> That's amazing. That's so lovely to hear though from Kalyan that it's, that she's found that community of people. She's found that community. Well, it's reassuring for me as well because I'm the other side of the world and yeah. Lily's eight months old now and this has been the first opportunity I've had because of COVID to come and see her and to support my daughter with yeah. whatever she needs, although I've just been playing with a baby and not giving much yeah, support. Yeah, but that's all I wanted. I mean, cause my, partner's family, my partner's family live about a four and a half hour drive away from us. So to be completely honest, like all I've really wanted for the past eight months is my mummy. And who doesn't? Um, it's a new mum. 
<laughs> my husband's just shouted from the background, um, Daddy's here. <laughs> <laughs> and Daddy too. Yeah, and Daddy too. <laughs> Both in equal measure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Sue, you're a leadership and management training advisor. And when we, when I spoke to Jess earlier today, actually about her Rainbows experience, we spoke to her about volunteering at Rainbows. She mentioned that her leadership qualification really helped her while she was volunteering. Um, do you encourage your learners to take up volunteering, and, and if so, why do you encourage them to do that? We we talk about um, sharing experiences. We talk about maybe not so much volunteering, but we talk about emotional intelligence, um, which is more about understanding the impact that you have on others. And I think it makes people more aware of uh, what their team might be going through. And we point them in the direction of the Together All website. So there's lots of information for them on there about how they can support their team. So whether it's actually in what you'd call a volunteering capacity or whether it's just mindfulness and being more aware of what you're doing, what your team might be going through and how you can support them. That was something Elaine always used to talk to me about when I took over as cafe manager was um, and it's something that I, I've worked in hospitality all my life from like, you know, waitressing all the way up through to management. And it's definitely one thing I've always kept in mind as that leader is that you need to be aware of other people's emotions and other people's needs because things like that are very high stress. So you need to be in tune to what people are going through and I think it definitely translates over to volunteering and depending on who you're working with but just knowing what people need because not everyone tells you mm. yeah and that comes back then to communication skills and to being able to uncover what the needs of each individual are as a leader and a manager yeah my yeah. husband's just saying especially blokes because they will keep things to themselves and we've seen the stigma that happens with men's mental health and trying to get them to open up and talk about it. Absolutely. It's such a difficult thing, isn't it? We went to visit um, the men's shed, actually, in Klesak earlier this week, which is built, started in Australia. Have, have you ever heard of the men's shed? No. They started in Australia. And they, um, there's, one, there's a couple open in Wales, actually, but they were intended for men. Um, obviously, hence the name men's shed. They were intended for men to go to because they realised that men didn't speak to each other face to face, but they spoke to each other when they were side by side working on something like woodwork or something like that. So they started men's sheds and we went to visit when um, Betsan's sister runs one in Klesak. So we went there earlier this week. Um, it's not just for men, it's for women too, but just having a place like that in the community where people can go and chat to other people who may be in a similar situation to them or um, just meet like-minded people really made a massive difference to the entire community, I think. Do you know, it's funny you should say that. One of my learners uh, worked for a local authority for the youth offending services and that's exactly what they do. And when they've got a youngster that's in trouble that they want to communicate with, they won't sit in a room and talk to them like an interview. They'll go for a drive. And because that youngster is sat by the side of them, there's no direct eye contact. They find that they will open up and start talking. It's interesting, isn't it? The different ways that people 
the different needs that people have, the different ways that people express themselves. Sometimes people prefer somebody to be maintaining eye contact and doing active listening, and sometimes they don't like it at all. They just can't do it. No. I've just had a cup of tea brought to me as well. That's very important, volunteering. How lovely <laughs> that is. <laughs> that is the top tier of volunteering, <laughs> I would say. <laughs> Um, so I know I know you've got loads planned, so I don't want to keep you for much longer, but I've just got one final question. How do you think building connections with others through volunteering or otherwise can benefit people while they're learning? Oh, well, if you go back to different learning styles, we all learn from observation or through um, social contact. Uh, there are there's lots of different types of learning styles, but if you come back to uh, the technical terms, you can talk about things like connectivism and digital connectivism. Um, so the more that you interact, the more that you network, the more experiences, the more understanding you get of different situations, different scenarios, different experiences that people have gone through and gives you a whole new perspective on life. <laughs> 